0: Just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome. So wonderful to have you here. And thanks for just opening up um, however you're watching this, whether it's on YouTube or some other platform on our podcast uh, through our website. We are glad you are here. Uh, It's just wonderful to have you here. If you want to connect with us, um, there's a QR code right now on the screen that you can um, just scan or you can just simply head to our website, empowerchurch.co, and it's all there. Um, If you want to give, uh, the giving details are there. There's also a QR code right now on the screen uh, that you can just simply scan on your phone or head to empowerchurch.co forward slash give if you want to give. Um, We are just so thankful. We're thankful for you. We praise God for you every day. You're in our prayers. And uh, we're just really believing that uh, God is moving, not believing, we are believers that God is moving in our church right now. Nothing can stop the church of Jesus Christ. It's impossible. Even the craziest persecutions, just ask the New Testament church, are no match. For the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is not something that can be stopped. And so we give Jesus praise. It's his church. And we are so thankful that we have the opportunity to partner with heaven to see his kingdom come on earth. And uh, it is good. I'm really excited. Hey, I do want to encourage you. If you have not, received a correspondence or maybe you're not receiving correspondence and you'd like to, specifically around our eConnects, because they're gonna be an important part of our strategy moving forward. As we approach a roadmap here in Victoria, as we approach this roadmap out of these lockdowns and there's conversations around vaccinated and not vaccinated and all those sorts of things, we as a church community and a church leadership wanna make sure that we are able to connect with every single person, vaccinated or unvaccinated. We wanna make sure that we can connect with you, serve with you, be in relationship with you, all those sorts of things. Big part of our strategy moving forward, as well as continuing to gather as the church to worship Jesus, come around his word in our Sunday gatherings, through Jesus nights, through corporate prayer and the like is also through our E-Connects. Our E-Connects are like small groups, but they're different. They're different in the sense that they are really around community, they're around discipleship. Um, They're not so much around kind of the fortnightly meeting. And so um, we've been trying to get this new way of doing things off the ground in the uh, current last couple of lockdowns. And so I'm sure, and I apologize if we've um, missed you out or you haven't received the communication. We are trying our best. So please reach out to us We actually need your help. Maybe you know people that aren't connected that need connecting Just shoot us an email um, If you're in the east send it to Matt and Sarah if you're in the north send it to either one of our regional leaders there's ehab there's um, Beck there is Calvin um, send it to one of those guys if it's in one of our other aged ministry areas, there's Beck and Isaac, there's also Ben and Bessie, um, and there's Amy Baldwin as far as kids go. So we would love to hear from you. Help us out. We want to um, be available and we want to be connected to you, and uh, um, we just need your help in doing that. Awesome. Another quick thing, websites had a bit of an update um, it's still slightly a work in progress, but if you want to go check that out after my message, you're more than welcome to do so. Awesome! Well, I got lots of feedback last week about my message on Hurricane Hurricane Faith, and um, and uh, we were kind of talking around this idea we were talking about from Mark chapter four, which we'll read in just a moment again, 35. Um, and I want to continue those thoughts there because I'm. S- I'm sensing um, through my prayer and through, um, I I suppose, just as the Spirit is placing that burden on my heart for you and for our community of the burden and the weight that you're carrying of the the struggle and the strain and the weight that this season has been for you as a believer in Jesus. And so I'm excited today to, I suppose, give you part two, which I didn't expect on doing, Um, last week's was called Hurricane Faith and it was about having a faith that weathers the storm out of Mark chapter 4. Today I want to talk to you, last week Hurricane Faith, today I want to talk to you from the subject of Hurricane Hope. Let's go to work, we're going to go to Mark chapter 4, we're going to read from verse number 35. Um, Put your seatbelt on, it's about to get wild in here, I'm full of faith and I'm believing again that something is going to shift over your life. I'm believing again that something powerful is going to happen. So come on, let's pray and then let's get into this word today. God's got something for you. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. The name that is above every name. The name that is above things on the earth, things under the earth, the demonic realm. We know you have authority over. We know you have authority over the wind and the waves, the what happens in this realm. And we know, Father, that you've been given the name uh, that is above all names, even above the earth. And we come before you, Father, in that name, the name of Jesus. We know it's through that name that we have access, that we have, uh, that we have a, a, a assurance of our salvation, Father, of the good news of Jesus, the grace of God working in our life. And we come before you in that name, the name of Jesus, because we need the full power of your name. We want to be a people in this season that are not just a people of word, but are a people of power. We don't want to just be just speaking the gospel. We want to be demonstrating it through your supernatural power. And we need your help. Father, there are no words, there are no nice sermons, there are no um, encouraging um, Facebook posts or songs that can help us. But God, your glory can. God, your presence can. God, if you can raise Lazarus back to life after four days being in a tomb, if you can reverse the very work and the decomposition of death that would have happened in his mortal body and raise him back to life, I believe you can do that with your church right now. I believe you can do that with my heart, with my mind, with my hope, with my faith, with my belief. I believe that you can do that. And so, Father, today I'm asking that you would come by the very presence of Holy Spirit and fill my life, fill our lives. Let your glory be made manifest in this place. So like we pray every Sunday, Father, speak to our hearts, change our lives, and let your presence, the reality of your presence, just flow in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen. Just put it in the chat, Hurricane Hope. Hurricane Hope. Let's read the Bible. We're going to talk a bit and uh, then we'll go from there. Mark chapter 4 verse 35. It says, That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, Let us go over to the other side, leaving the crowd, I feel like prophesying that over to you today. Okay, we are going to get through this. You were born for this moment. You have everything within you. To live the life that God has called you to live. You are going to make it. You're going to come out stronger. And I feel like the Lord is just saying, Let's, we're just going from one miracle to another miracle. You're on the journey right now, but even a even a hurricane cannot stop the purpose of God within you. I'm preaching already and I feel faith in my spirit to declare it over your life. By faith, you are going to make it. But Matt, I lost my job. It doesn't matter. You are going to make it. Matt, I feel such a weight in my mind. It doesn't matter. You are going to make it. And I feel like prophesying over you today, just that very verse. They were, let, Jesus said, let us go over to the other side. And I feel that that is prophetic for us today. We're on a journey into a new wineskin. And is God the author of COVID and all these lockdowns? Of course not. It would be foolish. Uh, It would be foolish to suggest such a thing. But could God be using it to establish who he wants us to be in this time? Absolutely. We are going over to the other side. Verse 36, leaving the crowd behind, they took, took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall, a hurricane came up and the wind and waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus, said, Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, he rebuked the wind and the waves and he said, quiet, be still, quiet, be, be muzzled. It was like he was speaking to a demonic force and he said quiet be still then the wind died down why because they're subject to his name and remember we spoke about those three miracles that speak of the authority of Jesus this one the first one being about his authority over the earth over natural elements over anything that's happening in this realm the, where he, uh, where they land after this storm is in in um, a place called Gadarenes, and there was a demonic man, and uh, he cast out a legion of demons, and the and it shows us that Jesus has authority over the demonic realm, and thirdly, he heals Jairus' daughter who who ends up dying, and it speaks to us and shows us that Jesus, the Son of Man, has authority over death. He has authority over everything and he speaks to this and he says and and the Bible says um, at the end of verse 39 it says and it was completely calm then he said to his disciples which was our question last week why are you so afraid can we just get more real with this why are you afraid of what's happening in your life right now why are you afraid why are Are you afraid? It's a powerful question that you and I need to continue to revisit, not just in a global pandemic, not just when there's war, not just uh, when there's this, but why are you afraid? A number of years ago, I had to get free, and I'm obviously still on a journey like we all are, from the fear of man. And I felt the spirit asking me, Matt, why are you so afraid? Why are you afraid? Why are you afraid? We are fearful of many different things. And Jesus is asking his church today, why are you afraid? But Matt, this looks like the end times. Yeah, but why are you afraid? We need to have no fear, even in the end times. Why are you so afraid? Why are you, so, why are you afraid of a vaccine? Why are you afraid of a virus? Why are you afraid of cancer? Why are you afraid of what the economy might do? Why are you afraid of taking that step out? Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? You know, the job of some preaching is to shift the mind of the audience, the mind, the will the emotions, to shift the area of of their audience's soul in in, in in such a way that they would get their eyes off the wind and the waves and get their eyes on the very miracle that is already within their boat. My assignment today is to do the same as I did last week, which was to try to bring your attention back to the king of all glory that is just sleeping, resting, in your boat in your life he is already within you and my assignment today is to continue to um, is to continue to uh to to bring that shift in the way you're thinking in what you're dwelling on in what you're meditating on in where your mind is going to my assignment today is really to help inspire you to understand that you have the faith And the ability and the power within you to bring every thought that is not of God captive and subject to that powerful name of Jesus. My assignment today, friend, is to shift the atmosphere over your life from one of fear, asking what if to one of faith and hope and love. And instead of uh, being anchored in the negative, being anchored in this idea that Jesus is Lord of all, King of kings, and he is on the throne today. My assignment today is to give you some morsel of hope that when you have Jesus in your life, it doesn't matter what you are facing, what I am facing, that there is hope for a better future. And the church, right from the book of Genesis up until today, right through the New Testament, right through throughout church history, the church have been tried and have been asked this question over and over and over again. When it looks like world powers and, and this is happening and that is happening and um natural disasters and and corruption and abuse and all those sorts of things the church have been asked the question over and over and over again and there are always those that stand up and choose to let go of the fear and embrace the voice of Jesus for this, their generation. I believe I'm speaking prophetically today when I say that this is that moment that there is a question going out of will you be my disciples? Will you lean into me in this season? Will you lean in in prayer and in praise and in worship and in Christian community? And will you allow me the, by the spirit to have a transformation in your life so that you can be my witnesses to this world. My assignment today is to just give you that morsel, just that speck of hope that you would believe today. You know the, that's why the Bible speaks around the the, the church being built on the fact, Jesus being the chief cornerstone, but the, the church being built on the on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. Why? Is it because that they're, they're, they're a, um, a better fivefold ascension gift? No, not at all. But it's because it's understanding that part of their function is to look to and part of who they are, the, the apostles and the prophets is to look to heaven first and then to begin to Um, See heaven's plan and strategy, um, release it on the earth through a whole lot of different vehicles, this being one of them, communication being one of them. And then the, the evangelist and the pastor and the teacher in conjunction and work with the apostle and the prophet Is to take what is being seen in the earth and uh, seen in heaven and release it. And I'm asking you today as an apostolic, as a powerful, as an incredible people, as a prophetic people to begin to look to heaven first. That's all I'm asking today. And I've already wrecked my sermon because I've got to the end. I'm trying to get you to see you need to stop looking at earth for wisdom. Stop looking at earth for what your next move is and start pressing into the spirit, pressing into Jesus and live out this life by what God's word says. Live out your life. Our father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth on earth as it is in heaven. So Lord, show us heaven because that's what we want to release. There's an amazing story. I believe it's a picture for us that might strike a chord with you today of the great reformer in the 1700s, Martin Luther. He was persecuted. He was disappointed. A mentor of his had been uh, martyred recently and he went into a really dark, hard time in his life. And he locked himself away, and um, and he had this extended period of isolation and depression. And um, he locked himself away from everyone. And his wife, Katerina, would would bring him food on a daily basis. And one day she rocked up, and you know this is the man that that brought about a significant revolution to the church and nailed his thesis to the doors of. Uh, the Roman Catholic Church, talking about grace and talking about this revelation of us all being believers, a priesthood of believers, used powerfully by God to shape who we are as Christians today. And Katerina, his wife, came and brought him food one day and she was wearing, she was dressed in all black. And you can just imagine the kind of dress that she was wearing, all buttoned up and smart and probably big and at, the, at uh, on the bottom half. And she, uh, she was asked by Martin Luther, why, why are you wearing black? Who has died? And Katerina replied, God, God has died. And Martin Luther, knowing God, says that's, it, that's impossible. <laughs> and she replied, uh, she retorted back to him and said, well, If God is not dead, then you should stop acting like he is. And I feel today in my spirit when I read that story to encourage you, God is not dead. And I'm not saying this to you personally. I'm saying this to the church corporately. I'm saying this to us as an empowered church community, but to the wider body. God is not dead. And so I'm saying to the church, like Katerina said to her husband, stop acting like God is dead. God is alive. There is a reason to live. There is hope. There is purpose. And there is a future for you and for me. Last week, I read a whole lot of scriptures that were around us not living in fear um, and us living in this place of faith and belief. And and, and um, they were rebuking fear and, and showing us how we didn't uh, need to live in fear. And I want to I um, spend some time delivering some, some messages, some scriptures to you that are about hope. That are about hope. That help you to understand that even in these troubled times, you can still be a person of hope. Listen to this, Jeremiah chapter 29, 11. For I know the plans... I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and a future second Corinthians 418 says so we fix our eyes this is important about hope so we fix our eyes on what is so we fix our eyes on what is let me say that again so we fix our eyes not on what is seen I was looking for that word not but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. This passage of scripture is trying to help us if we're going to have hurricane hope, which is hope in the midst of trials, hope in the midst of storms, hope in the midst of lockdowns, hope in the midst of global pandemics, hope in the midst of despair, hope in the midst of sickness, hope in the midst of job loss, hope in the midst of a bad diagnosis. If we're to have hope in the midst of depression, if we're to have hope in those things, we've got to get our eyes off the things that are seen and have them fixed on the things that are unseen because the true source of hope does not come from things that are seen but comes from things that are unseen. Romans chapter 12 verse 12, be joyful in hope patient in affliction and faithful in prayer. Romans 15, 4, for everything that was written in the past was written to each of us so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Where do I get hope, Matt? Good question. And Romans 15 is telling us it's found in the scriptures that were already written. It's found in God's word. Hope is found there. If you're just living hopeless, the first place that you've got to go is in that, that place of the scriptures. Psalms 147, verse 11. The Lord delights in those who fear him, and your hope will not be cut off. Your hope when you fear the Lord. And refuse to fear man and refuse to fear the circumstances that are happening in our world. Hope will not be cut off. Psalm 16, 9. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest secure. Jeremiah 17, 7. But blessed is the one who trusts in the Lord. Whose confidence or hope is in him. It is, there is blessing in hoping in Jesus. Uh, Romans, I've read that. Uh, Romans 15, 13, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Did you hear that? The God of hope fill you with all joy and peace, just as you trust him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Man, that's amazing. Psalm 62, 5 and 6, Yes, my soul. Find rest in God. My hope comes from Him. Where does hope come from? It comes from God. If you're looking hope for, for hope from a, from a preacher, you're not going to find it. If you're looking for hope, from a uh, another podcast you're probably not going to find it if you're looking for hope in a headline you're not going to find it if you're looking for hope from the media or from Netflix or from uh, from something else from some other addiction that you might have you're not going to find it your hope is going to come it comes from him truly he is my rock and my salvation he is my fortress I will not be shaken. 1 Timothy 4.10 This is why we labor and strive because we have put our hope in the living God. Where is our hope? It's in the unseen realm, but it's in a in a God that's alive. Uh, God is not dead. Who is the savior of all people and especially of those who believe. 1 Peter 5.10 And the grace of all, sorry and the God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while will himself restore you and make you strong, firm and steadfast. Can you believe that with me in this season? You might be struggling you might be in a trial for a little while but God is going to use it and you're going he's going to restore you and make you strong firm and steadfast man what a promise to us Philippians 1:6 be confident of this that he who began a good work will carry in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ did you hear that whether this is end times or not whether end times happen in another lifetime, is irrelevant. The Bible is saying that he will carry on the good work that he began in you. There is goodness in your future. There is goodness in your future. And he will carry it on as uh, until the second coming of Jesus. Colossians 3, 1 to 2. Since then, you've been raised with Christ. You, you've been raised with Christ. You've been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above. Oh, I love this. Where Christ is. Christ isn't down here. Christ is up there. Set your heart on things above where Christ is. Seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. There is a sermon in that. Don't set your heart on earthly things. If you want to have a sick heart, set it on earthly things. Feed it with earthly things. But if you want to have a heart that's full of hope, a heart that's full of joy, a heart that's full of love, set it on him, set it on Jesus, set it on the fact that he is resurrected and raised you. You've been raised with Christ Jesus. Zephaniah 3.17, we're getting serious right now. The Lord your God is with you the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you and his love will no longer rebuke you but will rejoice over you with singing. Romans chapter 8 verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing the glory that will be revealed in us. You can hope because God's glory is going to be revealed in you. When? No, sometime in the future. That's why we are, our hope is set in him. That's why we can have hope in Jesus. Because there is a glory that is going to be revealed in us that has not yet been revealed. Revelations 21.4 He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Joy is coming. That's why we have hope. We have hope because it's not, um, because in Jesus, our eternity is secure. Lamentations 321. I hope you're enjoying these scriptures. If you are, put a fire emoji in the chat. Help me out today. Lamentations 3.1, 3.21. Yet I call this to mind. That's important. And therefore I have hope. Why do I have hope? Because I'm calling this to mind. Because of the Lord. What am I calling to mind? Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. I'm calling to mind his great love. And because I'm calling it to mind, I have hope. Are you seeing what's happening? How to unlock hope in your life? Get your eyes off earthly things and call to mind. Remember the power of communion. So important in this season. Do it on a regular basis. Don't wait for us to have a communion service. Do it weekly. Do it as often as you need to do it. And remember that's what communion's about. Communion's about remembering the work that Jesus has done because the Lord's great love, we are not consumed, for his compassions never fail. In this world where it's like we're all going to, you know, the zombie apocalypse is coming and and, uh, one world government and all these different things. And as I keep saying as a disclaimer, even though I don't feel I need to, I want to make sure that you, you realize I'm not saying that we should be undiscerning of the times. We absolutely should be. We should be using the Bible to anchor our end time theology and the signs that are happening. I believe that. But I also want to encourage you today that God's, God's compassions never fail. They are new every morning and great is his faithfulness. Let's keep going because I don't, I don't want to preach a sermon about every single one of these scriptures too late, Matt. I get it. Deuteronomy 31 verse six. I'm just trying to put these scriptures. I'm trying to get your eyes off the wind and the waves. That's why I read Mark chapter uh, three again about this story because their eyes were fixed on earthly things all the while heaven was in the boat they had their eyes on the natural while heaven was in the boat Deuteronomy 31 verse 6 be strong and courageous this is a word to you today do not be afraid or terrified because of them for the Lord your God goes with you where does he go he goes with you wherever you go. If that's into a hospital ward, he goes with you. If that's for a job interview, he goes with you. If that's uh, if that's uh, into a global pandemic, he goes with you. If that's into a lockdown, he goes with you. If that's into a financial crisis like we had in 2008, he goes with you. If that's into a season where you think all oh, the computers are going to get switched off like we did in the Y2K bug and people thought it was going to be the end of the world, he goes. With you, This is my point. You've got to have hurricane hope. You've got to have a hope that is not blown away by the trials and the storms of life, by the hurricanes of life. You've got to have a hope that is deeper and different and not anchored in the things of this world, but fixed in Jesus. Don't be afraid. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. For the Lord your God goes with you. He will never leave you. Never nor forsake you. Can we just get, oh man, I'm gonna get myself in trouble saying this. But he will never leave you if you're vaccinated. He will also never leave you if you are unvaccinated. He won't leave you if you're in lockdown. He won't leave you if you're not in lockdown. He won't leave you if you if we're able to gather and, and, and corporately worship on Sundays. He won't leave you if we are shut down and have to gather as the church like this. He won't leave you even if... Even if we reach a time in our lifetime where in Australia we cannot be Christians anymore, even in that time, He will not leave you. In death, he will not leave you in sickness, he will not leave you. I am preaching and I feel the Holy Ghost right now. Man, in the trying times, he will not leave you. In the storms and the hurricanes of life, heaven is in the boat. That's what's fascinating about the disciples. Is heaven was in the boat, but they had their because they had their eyes on the wind and the waves. They couldn't. They thought they were going to die. But as soon as they woke up heaven, as soon as their words woke up Jesus, as soon as they began to pray, as soon as the church orientated themselves away from the wind and the waves, and they realized that they couldn't do anything anymore in their own strength. And they said, Jesus, this vessel now is your vessel. Come on. As soon as they realize the boat is swamped, we know we're in trouble. What do we do? As soon as the church realises that we're in trouble, our methods are not working anymore. We've got to find a new way. What do we do? Hang on. We've got heaven. We've got Jesus, heaven manifest personified in the boat right now in the church. It's his church. Lord, it's your church. We declare it is your church. You are the Lord of all and you are the Lord of this church. You're the Lord of this church. You're the Lord of my family. You are the Lord of what we're doing at Empower Church. And as soon as we get our eyes off the wind and the waves, something powerful takes place. Let's read this. Hebrews chapter six. We're going to close in just a moment. We're going to read um. From verse number 13, it says this, uh, uh, the author of Hebrews, who is, who is unknown, is talking to the Hebrew church, to the Hebrew people. He's talking to them about the um, Abrahamic covenant. And he gets to this part and he says, when God made his promise to Abraham, since there was no one greater for him to swear by, he swore by himself saying, I will surely bless you and I will give you many descendants. And so, after waiting patiently, Abraham received what was promised. People swear by someone greater. Um, people swear by someone greater than themselves, and the oath confirms what is said and puts an end to all the argument. Because God wanted to make the unchanging nature of His purpose very clear to the heirs of what is promised. Now, the author of this text is saying, "You are the heirs." You're the heirs, you are the descendants of Abraham. And there is an unchanging nature of God's covenant, which is also applicable to you. He confirmed it with an oath. God did this so that by two unchangeable things, which it is impossible for God to lie, who we have fled to take hold of the hope set before us may may be greatly encouraged. Verse 19, you're ready for this? Highlight this in your Bibles today. We have this hope, an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters. What enters? The anchor enters. <laughs> we have this hope, an anchor for the soul, uh, firm and secure. It, the anchor, enters the sanctuary behind the curtain where our forerunner, sorry, our anchor enters the the sanctuary um, where our forerunner Jesus has entered on our behalf. He has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. I want to break down that scripture in just a moment and give you some keys of how to have hurricane hope. But before I do, what's special about biblical hope? If you've got kids or if you've been a kid, if you've if you've got kids, you realise that they hope. We've had a few birthdays um, over the last couple of weeks, and um, as we lead up to those, this is hope. This is anticipation for for gifts. But what's what's different about biblical hope? And the answer is that biblical hope isn't finger crossing. It isn't wishing. It's something more powerful than that. It's a constant expectation. Of good things to come. I want you to write that down, put it in the chat. Hope is a constant, it's sorry, it's a confident expectation of good things to come. Hope is always something that we're looking out to in the future. Hope is this idea for the New Testament church that I, even though I'm persecuted right now and I've got loved ones that are lo- losing their life for the sake of the gospel, I can still. I can have a confident expectation of good things to come. Uh, Hebrews 6.11, just before this, talks about the full assurance of hope. Hope isn't, oh, it'd be good if that happened. No, hope is it will happen and it will be good because it comes from God. And Matthew chapter 6 tells us that God gives good gifts to his children. What else about hope? Well, I think we've got to ask, and why why can sinners like us be confident that a holy God will work for us and make our future bright? And the answer is simply found in two words, grace and gospel. Paul says that God our Father loved us and gave us eternal comfort and good hope through grace, that's 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 verses 16 He urges us in Colossians 1:23 not to shift from the hope of the gospel. So the grace of God and the good news of Christ suffering for our sins, being raised from the dead is the reason that sinners like you and I can hope in God and have a confident expectation that the future for us is good. Let that sink in for a moment. Come on, write that down. I want you to write it down wherever you are. If you're in the chat, write it in the chat on YouTube. Write it down in your notebook. Write it down in your phone. Post it on Facebook or Instagram. I dare you to do it because it's working in an opposite spirit to what is happening in our world today. Listen, Write this This is what I want you to write down. The future is good. It doesn't matter what you what it looks like or the path through. The future is good. Come on, write it down again. The future is good. We can have a confident, assured expectation that the future in Jesus is good. Why? Because even in the end times, it's not the end times for the church. That's a little thing called eternity, where we live victoriously with Jesus. Where we not are just in the spirit seated with Christ in heavenly places, we are literally seated with Christ in heavenly places. What else about hope? If we're answering the question of why can we be confident that hope's going to work for broken people like us, what about what about other what about other questions? Like what about how 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 can I hope in God? When by my human nature, my sinful nature, I tend to drift away. I tend to allow the wind and the waves to sweep me away. How how can I trust in God? How can I hope in God when by nature I don't trust in God or love God or sometimes even want to obey God? And the answer here is found in 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 3. By God's great mercy, we have been born anew unto living hope. How can I be, how, how can I be sure that it's going to work? Why? Because you are born again. You operate now in a different nature. I'm trying to teach you about Hurricane Hope right now. You operate in a different nature. Nature. You operate from the new birth and God overcomes our rebellion through the death, burial and resurrection and gives us a new heart. And it's by this very heart that we are able to love Jesus. It's by this new nature that we are able to have a living hope in God. The second part to the how questions is how are we to hope in God if we don't know God's promises? And I referred to this before. Romans chapter 15 verse 4 basically tells us that hope, hope is already written down in the pages of the Bible. They are there for us and so your role and responsibility if you're lacking hope or can't see a pathway out of the season that you're in is to get into the scriptures. Just Google promises of God and start reading them and realize that it is that there is hope for A better future. Many people that use that word hope like that word wish. And the Bible, the dictionary tells us that hope is a yearning with a great expectation and anticipation. And this is why we need to open um, up our hearts to this message today and realize that there is a better future ahead of us as a church family for your life individually. There is better, whether that's found in glory with Jesus or whether that's found in the next 5, 10, 15, 20 years, whether that's found in the present. You can have hope in the now because your life is going to be glorified with Jesus. The Greek definition of hope means to be intensely expectant, to be confident, to be confidently looking forward to something you fully expect to happen. And this is why I wanted to read this scripture in Hebrews chapter 11. I wanted to read it here because the Bible says that we have this hope. An anchor for the soul. Firm and secure. We have this hope. I love it. The writer describes this hope as an anchor. An anchor that is firm. A firm and secure, the NIV says. The ESV says that it's sure and steadfast. The New Living Translation says it's strong and trustworthy. Even in a hurricane, this hope in Jesus, this hope in a better future is strong and trustworthy. You can lean upon it. Our faith in Jesus keeps us from becoming like the wind and waves, to- uh, Tossed and blown, and 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 going from left to right, solid anchored in Jesus. Our anchor, and I want to highlight this. So what, what's the anchor for? The anchor is for the soul. This anchor we have this hope, as in an anchor for the soul. Your soul, if you don't know, is made up of your mind. It's made up of your will. It's made up of your emotions. I don't know about you, but this preaches so loudly to me today about having a hope in the area of my soul. I need hope in the area, of like I need it hope like an anchor. I need it in the area of my mind because my thinking goes all over the place. I've discovered that what I listen to, if I listen to it for too long, I end up believing it. I'm, so I need an anchor that's fixed to Jesus I need an anchor that's fixed to him. I need an anchor in the area of my emotions because it's so hard in these times, in these isolated moments where we haven't seen family and loved ones and friends for so long. I need an anchor. I need an anchor, not in the earth, not in anything out there. My anchor can't come from from what the world has to offer. It must come from Jesus. I need it. In my mind, I need it in my in, in the will. I need it in the area of my will. I need my will to be aligned with God's will. Mind, will and emotions, it's an anchor for the soul. And I finish with this because I was thinking about Mark chapter four and I was thinking about the idea that the, that the disciples were in a storm. They were in a storm, but they had an anchor In their boat, and that anchor was Jesus. And I'm wanting to prophetically stir the church to realize that the anchor's in the boat, the anchor for your soul is in the boat. This hope in what? What are we hoping in? We're hoping in Jesus. It's firm and secure because our anchor is not fixed to the things of the world, our anchor is fixed to Jesus and where is Jesus found according to Hebrews chapter uh, 6 and verse number 13 where does the anchor go to secure on Jesus it goes it enters in the sanctuary behind the curtain and our anchor hooks onto him where is he he is already beyond the veil he is the forerunner where Jesus has entered on our behalf, he has become the high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. It enters, and there's this whole picture that I want to create today. And I circle right back to my introduction where I, where I was uh, wanting to encourage you that if you want to have hope in this season, you need to get your eyes off the things of the world, you need to get your eyes off the storms and the trials. You need to get your eyes even off what your mind and what your emotions are, are telling you. You need to get your eyes off people's opinion. You need to get your eyes off all of those things. And you need to get your eyes on him. You need to get your eyes off earth and you need to get your eyes onto heaven. I have circled back and this is the picture that I want to create today as we close is that the world throw out their anchor and their anchor goes down like all natural anchors would. An anchor is a piece of heavy iron that you would throw overboard, and the anchor would fix and it would grab onto whatever. And the, the idea of the anchor as it's attached to the boat, as it's attached to your life, is so that the boat would be fixed, that it would not be swayed to or fro, that it would not be pulled off course in life storms, in the hurricanes that that uh, come against our hope and come against our faith and all of those sorts of things. And the idea is that the world are throwing their anchor and it's landing in places like Facebook and the media and government and all those sorts of things. And we as believers in Jesus have never got our hope from that place. Our anchor doesn't go down. Our anchor goes up our anchor and I want you to see your life. I want you to just get this picture of you on a boat with an anchor, but it's like a it's like a kite almost with an anchor on the end, going into heaven, going to where Christ is victorious. And that, my friend, is why we can hope for a better future. That is why we're going to make it across to the other side because the anchor that's already in our boat, Jesus the person that is Jesus that we're anchoring our life to is victorious. And no matter what you're going through, no matter what you might find yourself in today, unhitch your anchor from the things of this earth and hitch, cast your anchor into heaven. Where is it going to go? It's going to find Jesus. Trust me. Where's Jesus? Jesus is beyond the veil. He's in a place where there is all power. There is glory. There is majesty. There is only goodness that comes from God. And so friend today, as we navigate these crazy, crazy times. Oh my goodness. They are crazy. I'm not denying the craziness of them. I'm encouraging you to, and I'm hoping that your mind would be shifted, that your will would will, would be shifted, that your emotions would be shifted, that your focus would be shifted, that your attention would be shifted, that where you put your time would be shifted. Stop, stop researching conspiracies. Stop researching this and, and doing that and start getting your eyes on Jesus, on Jesus. a pastor messaged me um, this week, and he said to me, if the church spent as much time praying as they did on um, on having conversations and and uh, watching videos and looking at this and looking at that. If we spent as that much time in prayer, I wonder what of heaven we would see on earth. And that is my simple encouragement to you today. We do not fight the same way the world fights. God is not coming in military power. God is coming through the church and it's going to be manifested through the demonstration of the church, bringing heaven on earth through signs, wonders, healings, miracles, through our acts of service to the poor and the broken. And I'm just wanting to say to you today, God is not dead. God is alive and he's wanting to move in you. He's wanting to move through you. And he's wanting to move for you. Father, today I pray that there'd be a shift over us. I pray that we would have hurricane hope. That our our anchor would be in you, Jesus. That's where we want to fix it. So I'm praying help shift your church. Help move your church. Help us to be the people you called us to be in this time. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, we love you. We genuinely do love you. We know it's a tough time, but reach out to us. We want to pray with you. We want to be there for you. God bless you and enjoy the rest of your day.